Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line, in Los Angeles, is the serial of the chart world, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. I don't understand that reference. Oh, you're an incredibly popular, addictive persona in the chart world, just like the Serial Podcast. Cereal. I don't get it. Cereal, like the breakfast cereal. No, the cereal podcast, like the S S E R, I A L. Are you not up on cereal podcasting? Nope. Oh man, it's only the most popular podcast in the world. Everybody's listening to oh, this. Oh, I heard about it. I heard about it the other day on NPR, but no, I've never listened to it. Ah, oh, dude, we're on a podcast. This is very meta. We're on a podcast talking about another podcast. I um, man, you got to check out cereal. It's a uh, yeah. I've suddenly lost all points here and, and all, <laughs> all, 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 all cool factors. I Should we do this all over from the top? Or no, are you okay? no, we're all, we're fine, man. Let's do it. Let's keep going. Um, yeah, let's just keep on going. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a bunch today, man. This is actually like we're gonna have a show next week. Is it a really packed podcast, Jason? It's a really is is it a jam packed podcast? Jam packed podcast. We well we we it really is though. Like I say that every week, but this week. Damn, man. This, but this week, no. This week, really, it is. This week really actually is. I mean, we got we got to talk about, because basically this is the last standard Pop Shop podcast episode of the year. Next week, we'll have a year-end extravaganza hullabaloo um, posting early next week. We'll get into that at the end of this show, a little quick preview of that. But this is the last This is the last time we're actually going to talk about the Billboard 200 chart, the Hot 100 chart for the year on the show. We're going to talk about new albums from J. Cole which debuted this week on the Billboard 200 Albums Chart. We're going to talk about new albums from Nicki Minaj, Charlie XCX, and D'Angelo. Hey, D'Angelo put out an album where they're going to fall on next week's Billboard 200 Albums Chart, how they're going to sell. And we're going to go over to the Hot 100, talk about some new entries into the top five in the top ten. And I'll give a quick recap of Billboard's Women in Music event, which was star-studded. Taylor Swift was there as our Woman of the Year. Beyonce was there, Charlie XCX, Jesse J, Haley Williams, Ariana Grande, Iggy Azalea, a whole lot more. It was an incredible day last week. But first, Keith, we gotta we gotta get into some breaking news, man. We're, we're so we're taping this early Wednesday, the seventeenth, and a couple hours ago, the internet went crazy because there's a Madonna album apparently leaked online in demo form, but it's out there and people are up in arms. Madonna, you know, just before this, she's she's firing off Instagrams, 
very as she does as she you know, does on Instagram. Why doesn't she? By the like, and and I I asked this because Keith is a huge Madonna fan. Why doesn't she tweet? Like, why? What's with Instagram? Why why Instagram instead of Twitter for her? Uh, I don't know. I haven't asked her about that recently. Um, it's just I don't know. It's just her preferred method of communication. It seems like you know. I guess I guess you can write more. stating the obvious. Obviously, no. I guess you can write more in an Instagram caption than in a tweet. She's a very visual artist, and you can write more, as you say. Uh, I have no official answer, and she has never commented on this. So, yeah, I was just I was just curious. Um, so, Keith, again, like I said, this is breaking news. We 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 got into a heated discussion about this this morning because you were you're understandably up in arms, and we'll get into why you're up in arms, and. But I, I kind of teased you a little bit this morning. I was like, ah, I, you're you're fired up, but would you be this fired up for another artist? Like if the the One Direction album leaked uh, in demo form, and uh, I still I still feel like you're a little bit more fired up because it's Madonna. But I mean, well, let's get into it, man. Uh, is how does something like this happen, and and why is this such a a shock and and such a huge bummer for you? Uh- let's make it personal um (laughs) so so to to kind of restate what jason said uh, something like more than like like a dozen or so songs madonna songs have leaked in demo form and madonna uh posted something on instagram uh 30 minutes before we were taping this on wednesday saying that this is artistic rape uh, these are early leaked demos, half of which won't even make it on my album. The other half have changed and evolved. This is a form of terrorism. WTF! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Why do people want to destroy artistic process? Why steal? Why not give me the opportunity to finish and give you my very best? That's the second thing that she's said about today, but that's the most recent one. So, so yeah, there's like a dozen songs. Uh, as she says, half of which won't even actually make the final album. Um, how can this happen? Was that the first question that sure. you had, Jason? Yeah. Uh, well, she says that um, in an earlier uh, Instagram post, she says, thank you for not listening. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for waiting. And if you've heard, please know that these are unfinished demos stolen long ago. So she's alleging that these were stolen from her. Um that it's not some sort of purposeful leak, that it's not some sort of, you know, in-house leakage. Yeah. Um, which would mean that, you know, someone stole a hard drive, someone stole a laptop, you know, who knows? Um, so she's saying they're stolen. That's how they were leaked. Um, and since, you know, everyone seems to know a lot of song titles, <laughs> they were able to leak them. I mean, if these were stolen, then people, then whoever did the stealing knows exactly what they have in their hands. Um, it's just really super unfortunate that um, what amounts to an entire album's worth of material is floating around on the internet right now. Yeah, and obviously the the difference here is that nothing was announced. We all knew that Madonna was working on a new album, but it's not like this is something that you know was announced. It was coming out, and then maybe a month before it comes out, it's leaked. Yeah, the the, the, the what what Jason and I had a high volume conversation about <laughs> earlier today when we really should have recorded it over the phone, but we didn't. Um, I say, you know, I sent out a flurry of emails to everyone this morning saying, you know, blah, 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 this is crazy. You know, Madonna said this. And then, you know, Jason is just like, 
laughing at me. Literally laughing, laughing at me. Oh, come on. No, you were. Um, This is good. No, this is good. We're getting it all out. This is like a therapy session. Saying that I was being unobjective (laughs) about Madonna and that everyone leaks. Everyone has stuff that leaks. And then I called him and I said, look, there's a difference between Taylor Swift's album leaking, you know, a week or less before the album physically is available. There's a difference between One Direction leaking a week before the album comes out or, you know, Mary J. Blige's album, The London Sessions, which I think leaked quite a bit before her album came out. All of these things had actual firm release dates. They were finished, mastered albums. They were done. Done. It's totally normal for stuff to leak when a CD is being manufactured because so many people have their hands on it. That's just natural because there's a bunch of people out there that can't be trusted. And that's why people like Beyonce just say, screw you all, and decide to do a digital album initially where nothing can be leaked. If your camp has everything on lockdown and nothing has been stolen. Clearly, Madonna's camp doesn't have everything on lockdown because crap got stolen. So whose fault is it? Well, I don't know. But when you have so many cooks in the kitchen on this Madonna album... Things can clearly go wrong, and she's had a lot of collaborators on this album. Yeah, she's had lots over of like producers, 20. Lots of producers, lots of songwriters, lots of probably assistants and managers, and lots of people involved. And, you know, when you're so transparent about the process of making an album with so many people, I don't know. I mean, she's basically been hashtagging song titles for the past year. Well, that makes it easier to find these songs when you know what you're looking for, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, just ranty. Hey, no worries, man. Listen, I, I hear you asked for it. I hear <laughs> I know. I hear everything you're saying. I do. I, I honestly I, I hear everything you're saying and I agree with you. I agree with you by the fact that this sucks. Like this this is not something that an artist you, you know, I, I read right before this, I read uh, our friend Brad Stern's uh post about this on Mew Muse and, and his point was like, listen, this isn't about like Madonna making money. Like no one sells that many albums anymore. It's about the fact that she's an artist and she wanted to put out a piece of art and it got kind of mangled and leaked ahead of time. And that sucks. That totally sucks. And obviously she's very mad about it. And she, she seems very mad about it on her Instagram post. Um, I think the silver lining, if I if I can offer a silver lining before we move on to our next topic. Please, what is the silver lining to having most of your album <laughs> leaked to the internet months before it comes out? Because, by the way, there was no release date announced for this album. It's true. It was just 2015. We have no idea when this was coming out. And she was working, she's was working. she been working with people on new material over the past few weeks. Like, Ryan Tedder was quoted as saying that he's been working with Madonna recently. Like, when, when, when she initially had a couple songs released a few weeks ago, like, around Thanksgiving... He was quoted saying, oh, I was working with Madonna around that same time. I'm like, all right, if you're working with Madonna right now and you're Ryan Tedder and you're a big superstar songwriter, then clearly the album isn't done yet if she's still actually actively doing stuff with, with collaborators. So we don't know when it's coming, which makes this even worse because it, it's just anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, that no, but the thing is, you kind of touched upon what I was going to say for a silver lining is that it's not done and that. I think it's a little bit different. Again, it sucks, and it's a different situation than something leaking a month or two ahead of time. But on the other hand, if something leaks a month or two ahead of time, it's done. Like this, what leaks? That's what you're getting. This is not finished. She's still working on stuff. So hopefully, this demo version, we're gonna look back in like a year or so and be like, ah, that that wasn't even like 
part of the album. This wasn't the whole album. It was kind of like a rusty version. And what we have, you know, in 2015, there are different songs. There are songs that she made either leading up to this leak or right after this leak or whenever. Hopefully, like, you know, shit gets locked down a little bit tighter. And what we get in the next Madonna album is a different product than what we're hearing on the internet today. I mean, that I think that's the silver lining is that I, 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 there's a 0% chance, Z, I will say a 0% chance that the album she puts out next year, if she does put out an album next year, is going to be the exact same track list that is floating around the internet today. I, I say 0%. Well, she's already said that. She's already said that half of these won't even make it on the exactly. album. Exactly. So did a couple songs leak? Yeah, and that sucks. And some of them will be on the album, maybe. But it's. I, I feel like it's going to be okay. I feel like the, yeah. The, the 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 larger point I think that that should be said is that if you are the biggest pop star in the world, this should not be happening to you. Like if if Beyonce can have an album that doesn't leak, if David Bowie and Daft Punk can have album albums that don't leak, why can't Madonna? What, yeah. what is the problem? What is the problem? And that problem needs to be addressed. And I don't know who the originator <laughs> of said problem is, but something needs to be done because this should not be happening to the biggest pop star in the world. Period. Totally agree. Have you have you listened Have you listened to it? Like just in thirty seconds, because we have to move on. Have you listened to it? And, and do you have any kind of first impression? I, I haven't I, heard. I, I haven't I, heard. I, any I, ref- of it. I refuse to listen to this this voluminous leak. I listened to the fir- the, the two leaked songs over Thanksgiving because I figured, oh, these just two little leaked demos yeah. can't be that big of a deal. I'm not listening to the flood Niagara Falls of demos that came out. No. <laughs> I'm going to. I, I I feel like it's my you know duty to listen. I haven't had time today. This literally just happened like two hours ago. But I will listen, um, and uh, I guess we'll see what happens. So thus endeth. Uh, that wasn't that heated. I feel like we were pretty. We we're much calmer now than we were about two hours ago. Um, so thus endeth the uh, the Madonna War of December 2014. Um, moving on to an album that did come out. J. Yeah. J. Cole is number one on the Billboard 200 Albums Chart. And with his third album now, now Keith, I know the the chart is still being finalized. You have a, a ballpark in, in terms of his sales number. What J Cole debuted with this year? Which oh is yeah, one... yeah, no, I have a sales figure. Oh okay, uh, you done it. I, I don't, okay. I don't have its, I don't have its overall um, units yet. Okay. Um, so that said, he is number one. Two, uh, 2014, uh, Forest Hills Drive uh, is number one on the Billboard 200. It is his third number one album in a row on the Billboard 200. It sold uh, more than 350,000 copies in its first week. Its overall consumption figure, uh, which, you know, the Billboard 200 is now an overall consumption chart. It's not just pure album sales. It's album sales, track equivalent sales, and streaming equivalent albums. That number is actually a lot bigger. I don't have that number quite yet. However, what I can tell you is that that sales figure for the album is the biggest week for a hip-hop album in more than a year. Uh, the last hip-hop album to sell more than that was actually the Eminem's, uh, the Marshall Mathers LP2, yep. uh, which did 792000 back in the week ending November 10th, 2013. So, um, you know, an album that was very kind of low-key, um, yeah, you know, without really any hit singles, kind of comes barnstorming to the top of the chart, and I think is doing a lot better than 
most of the other, you know, obvious albums that people thought were going to do gangbusters, you know, in the fourth quarter, like, oh, Garth Brooks is going to be huge. Nah, not so much. You know, uh, you know, what about ACDC? Nah, not so much. You know, so J. Cole comes in and kind of saves the day and gives us a really exciting uh, debut on the chart. Pretty remarkable. Just going back to what you said before, really not that much advance warning on this. He only announced the project a couple weeks before it was actually released. The first single came out December 9th. Um, and it's not like he's been dominating radio. I mean, what yeah. what's I, I, what's driving this? I, is it just that J Cole, the fact that he has a huge fan base now? I think it's it's the the track record that he's established with the first two albums. And granted, I am not like a big J Cole expert. I really don't have. I I can't I can't sure. hum a song, unfortunately. Um, but I do know that he has the kind of sort of passionate fan base that has followed him since the first album. Yeah. And each album since then has started off with a bigger sales week. And he's built a fan base. And I think he sort of curated this fan base that that are that look to him for a full album experience. They want stories and they want a message and they want to hear his, his opinions on things. Kind of like we talk about Taylor Swift, um, it, but it, a lot different. Um, so I think that's it. It's, he's not about like, you know, at one hit single or like something that's catchy on top 40. It's more about the full experience and the message that he's delivering. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, we talk about on the show a million times about albums, artists versus singles, artists. J. Cole definitively has established himself as an albums artist, as, as someone you need to buy the entire package. And he he had it's not like he's ever he's never really had a smash single at all. Power Trip, his his song with Miguel, I know that was a top twenty hit in yeah, that was last year when uh with when Born Sitter came out. But he's never been like a huge singles artist in the same way that, you know, someone like Eminem, who you mentioned can rattle off something like the monster love the way you lie he's just never had something like that but he has such a devoted following that he can score these i mean i mean 350,000 that's that's massive that's you know that's like coldplay numbers it's like double something like ariana grande sold this year something like ed sheeran sold this year yeah and it's it's, yeah and just in terms of just albums that came out this year it has the um uh, fifth biggest week uh, the fifth biggest sales week this year of any album, behind only 1989's first two weeks for Taylor Swift, yeah. uh, One Direction's debut with Four, and then Coldplay's uh, debut with Ghost Story. So yeah, it's like you're huge among all artists, not just hip-hop. It'll be interesting to see if J. Cole starts getting more mainstream looks. Because, I, I mean, you know, he's it's not like he, he doesn't appear on late-night TV shows and stuff like that, but you don't really see him on, like, award shows ever. And yeah. Which is, you know, strange because he really is such a big star. Maybe it's just because he doesn't have like the fancy or something that that calling card hit. But who knows? Maybe something like this. I mean, the album is out. The the singles are just getting started. So maybe uh, he finds one here. Yeah. So, Keith, we got to go through the big debuts of next week. The Billboard 200 albums chart is going to see some new arrivals. Nicki Minaj with Pink Print, Charlie XCX with Sucker, and D'Angelo with Black Messiah. So let's start with Nicki Minaj. The uh, her, her last album, um, Pink Friday, Roman Reloaded, debuted at number one. Is this also aiming for number one, Keith? Well, everything's aiming for number one, but no, she's probably not going to be number one on the Billboard 200. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm very, wow. I'm surprised by that. So what? You're what surprised. is... Uh, What's going to be number one? 
Uh, probably Taylor Swift. Wow. Uh, again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Taylor is is still, you know, I mean, on on the Billboard 200, she's number two this week. She's still doing really well. Her sales of the album are still, um, you know, over 200,000, you know, well over 200,000. I don't see that suddenly eroding incredibly quickly. Yeah. So I suspect Taylor will be number one next week. Uh, Nikki is going to sell maybe around 150,000 copies of her album. So even when we factor in streaming and track sales, I don't think that's going to get her ahead of Taylor Swift. Um, And she may have to contend with Pentatonix as well. Wow. Um, So so she's definitely going to be probably top five, you know, maybe two or three, maybe three right around there. Wow. That's pretty that's pretty shocking to me. I mean, considering how big of a personality Nicki Minaj is. The fact ah, that, but people like her singles, yeah, maybe, and maybe. they're not really buying the album. I don't I know. I guess so. I mean, obviously, Anaconda was a huge hit, um, and you know she's put out some other tracks since then. The one with Skylar Gray, she has only, she has Pills and Potions, which is a little older, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised because it seems like we're, going back to J Cole, who's an albums artist, people buy that album, they need that J Cole album. I feel like Nicki Minaj has a stronger following in terms of, you know, the, than the one fifty thousand number you you just you just mentioned. Well, you know, I mean, the you know, the, what will be interesting to see is if you know the streaming numbers really make up the difference, and if her track sales uh, make up some of the difference, um, because her it's a different kind of fan base that compared to J Cole, where J Cole people just want to consume the full album. Whereas Nikki, you want to sample some tracks. But she's getting a lot of attention this week for producing what people are saying is a very, very good, solid album yeah. that has surprised a lot of people. I think even you, I don't know if it was you, but a lot of people uh, have said, you know, when Nikki's album dropped on Sunday night, same thing with D'Angelo. Everyone was like, oh, shouldn't have turned in those top 10 for my year yeah. end picks. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's why, because the year isn't freaking over with yet. So, surprise, Nicki Minaj turned out an album that, you know, most people would want to put on their top 10 list. That, yeah, that's an, I, I mean, that's the thing. That's another reason why I'm a little bit surprised that it's not going to sell more in its first week because it's getting really positive reviews. I mean, I'm not a, a massive Nicki Minaj fan. I, I like a bunch of her singles. I love her as an artist. But this this album has surprised me in just being front to back pretty solid. And um, yeah, I'm 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 a little surprised. I guess we'll see where it clocks in when the final numbers come in next week. But let's move on. Charlie XCX, her sophomore album "Sucker," is out now. Finally, um, one of my your favorite artists. I love way. Charlie XCX. I know. Listen, I I I I don't lie about my biases. I. I really enjoy Charlie XCX's music. You would be really pissed off if four months ago Charlie <laughs> XCX's album di- leaked in demo form, like a dozen of the songs. You would I'd be on, so pissed. I'd be on Instagram captioning away, man. You, would, oh my goodness, I'd be. This is terrorism. This is artistic rape. I you know. would have been That's, screaming. Oh my goodness. Well, sucker. Luckily, thankfully, is out in full. It is. It is. It's great. I mean, listen. You, you know, like I said, I'm biased. I, I I enjoy Charlie XCX's music personally, but she's she's really such a captivating pop artist, and I'm really glad this album exists. Sucker, what is it going to debut with? What what's its sales forecast? Um, right now the sales forecast is somewhere around twenty five thousand. Ooh, Charlie. But you know, she you know she has a lot of track sales. Um, 
well, you know, sort of a decent amount of track sales. The streams may be good too because she's such a youthful streaming type artist. So her overall consumption unit figure will be bigger, obviously. I'm not sure quite much how bigger. So that may not even get her, it probably won't even get her top 10. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it works out. There, there's there's two other albums that you haven't talked about yet that are going to do better than Charlie. Yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get to one of them at least. Um, yeah, just in, you're just, like, what is the other one? Because I don't know. That's not on my list, Keith. Mm. It's not on my list. But mm. just the last word on Charlie. I mean, she's been all over TV this week. She was on SNL on Saturday. She was on the Today Show on Wednesday. Um, I think it's just I think it's just tough. I mean, we we talk about it all the time. It's it's tough to sell albums when you're not. You know, you, you don't have that established base. And obviously, Sucker is going to do well, better in terms of a debut than her, her last album, True Romance, because now she has Boom Clap and the fancy fame. But, um, yeah, it's it's just tough. So, um, anyway, let's let's move on. D'Angelo is is one of those two that, that is going to do debut better. So, D'Angelo, one of my favorite artists. Dan, this, we're just going through my favorites today, man. Your mm-hmm. favorite with Madonna and then my favorites with Charlie and D'Angelo. Black Messiah. You have a slightly wider swath of, of favorites. I That's think. probably true. <laughs> I um, we were we were talking about the D'Angelo album on the Must Hear Music podcast yesterday because we were talking about like our favorite albums of the year, and we we did a thing about D'Angelo, and I I literally was like, listen, don't even listen to me when it comes to D'Angelo because I'm the least. Un, like, I'm the least objective person in the entire room. Like whatever I, I mean, this album, this new album, Black Messiah, happens to be great, but I I would love anything he does. Come on. Um. Anyway, D'Angelo, Black Messiah came out finally after 14 years. Finally came out on Sunday night and uh, was immediately available available digitally. Was available at retail the next day. Is streaming on Spotify. Keith, what is this album going to debut with? Well, I already told you the number earlier, so it's kind of a lowered anticipation here. But oh. uh, it's going to sell I right forget. now. I like, actually forget what what did you say? Oh, you didn't forget. Stop it. Um, between ninety and a hundred thousand. Ninety and a hundred thousand. Yeah, his reaction is not very real. <laughs> ninety and a hundred thousand. I can't believe it's not butter. Wow. Am I? Is that what I sound like to you? <laughs> no, you don't sound like Dippy Keith voice. No, you don't sound like. That. <laughs> um. I am surprised by that number. I am. I really am because it's. I, I. I really couldn't have guessed what this sold because it's such an anticipated project. But maybe it's an an anticipated project by a, a select number of people instead of a wide group of people, like something like the Beyonce album, like something even something like Tom York's album. So, I, I'm. I mean, I'm surprised. I guess I'm surprised that this surprise release strategy. You're surprised that the surprise release strategy didn't give you a more surprising number? A huge first week because, I mean, maybe it's just. What were you expecting? What number were you expecting? I was expecting. I was expecting. I mean, I told you over the phone earlier today, like between like 200,000, 300,000. And listen, 9,200,000 is still great for someone who hasn't put out an album in 14 years, but maybe he's just not big enough of a name. I think there's a distorted view on what d'angelo should be selling he has not put out an album as you said in 14 years 
14 years is like two generations uh, in this day and age of people <laughs> like no one knows who D'Angelo <laughs> what, is. Wait, what do you, wait, let's let's go back. How is 14 years two generations? It, you know, things move very fast these <laughs> days with social media. I mean, the Tumblr generation didn't even know what Tumblr was four years ago. Um, it's, I'm kind of joking. But I mean, oh, really, man. 14 years ago, 14 yeah. years ago, most, not most people, but a lot of people don't know who D'Angelo is. Just yeah, period. Does, true, doesn't know really who sad. he is. Everyone knows who Beyonce is. That's easy. So, um, and and when you haven't, when you when you've been sort of, I mean, has he even done anything in the interim? Like, has he put out singles here uh, and there? Like he toured. Tapes? He toured. He tours. In He's toured the past few years. Correct. Yeah. Has he played new material on these on this on these tours? S- select new material. Yeah. Select new material. I, it's just. You know, again, when you've taken yourself off the radar, kind of like Garth Brooks did to a certain degree, you know, people are just going to be like, who? And it's not the same thing. I know he's he's obviously, you know, a, a very significant figure in R&B music, but he's been off the radar for 14 it's years. True. Um, I, I kind of thought it was going to do a little bit more because I know there's been a lot of interest. Yeah, that, in and this. that's that's the thing. That's why I'm a little bit surprised because because of that interest. I mean, you know, you think of these moments where the, with these surprise album releases. Like I remember the day uh, a couple months ago, Tom York put out his album, and you know, it's Tom, like it's Tom York. It's the lead singer of Radiohead. It's it's not like a huge pop star, but like you look on Twitter and you look at like music sites, and and people were really interested in this because no one really saw it coming. I felt the same way about this D'Angelo album. I, I felt like, even though, you know, like you said, he's not a household name, he hasn't put out an album in 14 years, but Sunday night when this album came out, if you look at social media, if you looked at, you know, any kind of music blog or music site or, or anything like that, um, people were talking about D'Angelo. I mean, it's it's just, I guess it's a little bit surprising to me that le- I, 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 I bought this album immediately because I, I had to hear it. And I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm a little bit surprised that more people didn't do the same. You're also a crazy D'Angelo fan. I am also a crazy D'Angelo fan. Yeah. Oh, what's uh, what, what's the album that I'm missing that's going to sell more than Sucker? Five Seconds of Summer's new live album. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. It's going to do maybe like forty five or 50,000 okay. copies and a little bit more overall in terms of overall units. Good God. So, they are, but, so, know, they are it, so massive, man. I mean, we talk about... Three albums in one year. <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, did you go to the Jingle Ball in in LA? No, I didn't. I wasn't able to go. Uh, I went to the one in New York this past Friday night. And you had a very you had a packed Friday. You had Women in Music uh, event know, in the morning, red carpet duty, hanging out with Taylor Swift and all the fancy ladies of Women in Music, and then you go to the Jingle Ball that night with all those same ladies that night on stage. I know <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Friday was pretty nuts for me, but it, it's funny because. The loudest screams of the entire night were for five seconds of summer. In that, in and I, I swear you could ask anybody there, when they were announcing, you know, they they do the thing where before anyone goes on stage, they they have a little montage of all the performers. Mm-hmm. Five seconds of summer had the loudest screams out of you know Taylor Swift, Iggy Azalea, Ariana Grande. Because they're Smith. boys. Because they're boys, yeah, and th- and that's the thing. But like, they, oh man, they like talk about like the the teen girl like fandom like that that all of these like boy bands are trying to go for and then and five seconds of summer as any five sauce fan is is going to tell you is not a boy band but they they get treated like you know pop royalty now and they've they've been putting out albums for less than a year it's it's crazy man um five seconds of summer live album 
What, I'm sorry, where did you say it's going to be in the top 10? Mm, well, it may not be. It's going to do like about 45 to 50,000 okay. copies, pure so, album sales. I'm not sure if that'll be enough to be in the top 10. We shall um, see. Maybe not. So very quickly, Keith, um, because we got to wrap, we already have to wrap this up, man. We um, see. I blame the Madonna stuff. The Madonna I, took up like fifteen minutes. I know. That's sorry, it, everyone. It's okay. <laughs> you're you're not sorry. I'm not sorry either, man. I'm glad we I talked mean, I'm about it. Sorry-ish, but you know. Just really quickly I'm, checking in on the Hot 100 for the last time this year, um, because we, like I said, we're not going to talk about it before again before 2015. Taylor Swift, blank space number one again for the fifth week now. Now her longest run at number one because Shake It Off was number one for four weeks. Indeed. We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together was number one for three weeks. Now blank space is a longer number one than both of those. Um, also worth noting, we talked about Megan Trainer last week, but Lips Are Moving uh, continues to move up now in the top five. Sam Smith, I'm Not the Only One, also in the top five this week. So both of those artists are proving once again that they are not one-hit wonders. They have new top five hits in Lips Are Moving, I'm Not the Only One. And also of note, Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud is now his biggest hit ever, moving number 24 to number six. Uh, thanks in part, I believe, to the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it, it, the, uh, the song had a big, huge gain in sales, which I think, and, and airplay and streaming as well, but a lot of it had to do with the sales, which is owed to Victoria's Secret. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we talked, I remember we, uh, like a couple months ago, we talked about Don't, his his single being his biggest hit yet, and how, and I said at the time, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird because it's kind of like an offbeat song. He's he's rapping, he's cursing a lot. And I was like, I, I feel like something like Thinking Out Loud from this album would be a more sensible, like a more logical hit, just because it's in that like heartfelt, sensual Jason Mrazy sweet spot. And um, you know, now as the third single from his Multiply album, it is his biggest hit to date. So um, we will keep an eye on all of that. So Keith, we got to wrap up before we do. Um, just really quickly, you mentioned the Women in Music event that we had on Friday here in New York. And uh, it was great, man. I, I mean, uh, did you did you uh, watch any of the videos? Did you see anything, any of the coverage? Um, I saw I saw Taylor's. I didn't see any of the red carpet stuff. So you, anything you tell me would be a surprise to me because I have no idea what happened. Um, I saw uh, a little montage of Matt Lauer talking to all the women that were honored except for Iggy Azalea on like the one big super duper Q&A, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, I saw Taylor Swift's acceptance speech where she made a point to talk about artists being fairly yeah. compensated. Uh, it was it was very like, I know you're going to be quoting me and I'm going to give you a mission statement type acceptance speech. Um, and I saw Idina Menzel's acceptance speech, which was kind of teary. And she talked about how Billboard gave her her first sort of big cover of a magazine. Yeah, that and, was nice. Yeah, yeah they I had saw a little bit. They had, a, they had a chorus of, of kids come out and sing Defying Gravity slash let it go like a like a mix of both which is really sweet and it, it, it was just a it's it's always a really cool event for those who don't know it's it's a luncheon that billboard holds every year in new york where we honor a uh, an artist as woman of the year a, another artist as rising star and and this year we actually had a, a bunch of artists given other awards we had aretha franklin there as the icon award i got to meet aretha franklin that was in that was mind-blowing for me you we met also, the, the the you met the queen of soul, Jason. It, insane! Like I, it, it, you know, I, I asked her a couple of questions on our red carpet uh, ahead of time, and just 
it, it was like an out of body experience. I'm like, wow, I'm talking to Aretha Franklin. That is. What did uh, you ask Aretha Franklin? Like, you don't need to, you don't need to play the clip. I'm just like, what do you what did you ask her? What, do you remember her talking? Oh to yeah, her? no, I say? just talked to her about this year that she's had. She put out her her diva classics covers album, and I, I talked to her about you know what Taylor Swift means for music because uh, everyone was honoring her. Aretha Franklin eventually sang happy birthday to her, which was very cool. But we talked about, yeah, we talked about her incredible year. We, I asked her like what, how she'll look back on this year and what's ahead for 2015. All of this is going to be on billboard.com. I'll, I'll link everybody in the podcast post, but um, it was, it was crazy. I, and so let's, let's play a clip. I actually want to play the, uh, the Taylor Swift clip because I asked her, this is not the first time she's been named billboards woman of the year. I asked her what it's like to be named Billboard Woman of the Year for the second year. She was named it in 2011, now in 2014. Here, listen to Taylor Swift on the red carpet at Women in Music. It's really exciting to be Woman of the Year um, for the second time because I feel like the first time they were kind enough to name me Woman of the Year, I was in a very different place in my life. And it was kind of like they were honoring me for a breakthrough in my career when I was a new artist. And now it's really exciting to have them decide to do that again and kind of I guess celebrate the longevity and you know I, I just am really excited I, I'm so happy and there's so many amazing people here today so that was pretty cool Taylor Swift uh, stopping by for a question on the red carpet and yeah man it, it was just it, it was just a really fun event there was like I like I was saying earlier there were so many honorees um, Charlie XCX was there as the hit maker of the year Jesse J was there as the powerhouse of the year Haley Williams who is unbelievably sweet and very kind um was there also being honored and i asked her on the red carpet about what it means to be the only um artist there being honored be uh, as part of a band and as not just a solo artist but as the leader of paramore so here's Haley williams on the red carpet at women in music i think the fact that i'm here still representing a band um uh, it, that makes it mean even more to me you know um, I love the fact that we when we were kids there weren't any bands in our scene that had female singers especially locally um, it, it was it was few and far between and I love that we've sort of uh, trudged through you know the scene and kind of made it out of the scene and now here we are and I, it just makes it more special it really does to, to know that tonight whatever I do I'm gonna be able to look out and see them or be next to them um, makes me feel just so happy that we achieved something together. I really feel like they, if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would have believed in myself. So that was very cool. Again, Haley Williams of Paramore. Um, it, was, it was just a great event. And, and at the end of it, Matt Lauer of the Today Show hosted a roundtable, which was unbelievable, with Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Aretha Franklin, Jesse J, Charlie XCX, Adina Menzel, uh, Haley Williams. I think I think that's everybody, and it, it was it was bonkers, man. Having having all those amazing women up on stage and answering questions from Matt Lauer it was very cool. Uh, again, check out that clip on Billboard.com. It was just it was a great event, and um, yeah, man. Uh, I look forward to it every year. And then I then I went to see to Jingle Ball, and enjoyed that as well. Um, Keith, are you ready, man? Uh, sure. For what? You know, I do. It's time. Charts out of the week. Um, so if you enjoyed our chat about Madonna earlier, 
You'll love the charts stat of the week. Oh my. OMG, it's about Madonna. Because I figured something crappy happened, but we can have a little silver lining and talk about something positive of course. in her stellar chart history. So uh, we're recording this on December 17th. And uh, uh, 20 years ago today, December 17th, 1994, Madonna's Take a Bow took a bow on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. It debuted at number 45 uh, 20 years ago this week on the Billboard Hot 100. Why is this significant? Well, the song would ultimately hit number one and spend seven weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. That is her longest run ever at number one. It actually spent more weeks at number one than uh, Like a Virgin, which till that point had been her longest running number one hit with uh, six weeks at number one. Uh, The song ultimately is her fourth biggest hit ever on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. We did a cool recap a while back uh, of her 40 biggest Hot 100 hits. You can find that online at billboard.com. Hey, guess who wrote it? Yep, me. Um, (laughs) Notable thing about Take a Bow, it was co-written and co-produced with Babyface and Madonna, of course. Notable thing about it is that she's never actually performed the song on tour. Believe it or not, really? one of her biggest hit singles ever. She's never performed it on tour. And she's only actually performed it live, like with live vocals, once. Uh, she She's done it, I think she did like maybe two or three TV performances in total of the song. Um, and only one of those was actually with live vocals. And that was on the American Music Awards in early 1995. That, Shortly yeah. before the song hit number one, she performed it on stage with Babyface. Um, so there you go. There's your chart side of the week. 20 years ago this week, Madonna's Take a Bow hit uh, debuted on the Billboard Hot 100 I didn't chart. Know th- I didn't know that she's never performed it on tour. She never has. Uh, you know, maybe she's not big on doing ballads on tour. Yeah, you know. I don't surprising. Know. Well, Keith, as always, thank you for your charts out of the week. All right, man, that's going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast. So like I said at the top of the show, next week is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to be breaking down the albums and songs chart next week. Next week is our year-end Pop Shop Podcast extravaganza. We have a couple really fun things planned for it. We're going to be talking about Billboard's year-end charts. Yeah, we, we haven't really talked about the year-end charts yet, Keith, but we're going to break them down next week because it's 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 year-end time. And then we're also going to be talking about some things that happened in 2014, some things that we wished happened in 2014, and the biggest breakout stars and our personal favorites from this year. And um, again, that, that will be posted on Tuesday the 22nd if i'm doing that right or the 23rd no it's gonna be the 23rd hey look at that um we're recording it on the 22nd we'll post it on the 23rd and then we are off the following week and we'll come back strong in january so again we will see you next week for the pop shop podcast you're in extravaganza keith do you have any parting words i do not all right let's go out on a madonna song um i'm gonna play my favorite madonna song it's a it's a weird madonna song but i'm gonna play it man um, it is Don't Tell Me, my favorite Madonna song. Thanks for listening to the Pop Shop Podcast, and take care. Hey, 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.